G'day guys, welcome to episode 7 of the JPS podcast and we are here with the one and only AV from 3DMJ, Miss Andrea Valdez. Welcome. Thanks, thanks for having me dude, I appreciate it. Not a problem. Andrea is an athlete and was a former gymnast and a Mm -hmm. coach of gymnastics and has also competed as a figure athlete uh, in bodybuilding and powerlift, competed in powerlifting, and is mm-hmm. now on the 3DMJ coaching team, uh, helping other people achieve their fitness goals. And you also have a kinesiology degree, Andrea, and you yes. mastered in exercise physiology. Yes. You're a pretty clever cookie. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel that clever sometimes, but when you say it to me, it sounds impressive. It is very impressive. It is. And <laughs> you also co-authored the Strength Pyramids. That was impressive. It was impressive. You, I know. I, 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 know, know, I know that you know, but... I know that you, uh, you took Eric's videos and you made them come to fruition on a uh, much more professional level. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Eric's just not professional, and it was all me. I'm just kidding. No, it was a, yeah, it was just a diamond in the rough. It's great information. And honestly, I didn't make it pretty. Andy made it pretty. Let's give a shout out to Andy Morgan. We made, I made it into words, or I helped make it into words, but he, uh, he makes really pretty things. If you haven't seen um, him, I'm sure you have rippedbody.com for a beautiful website and everything. Yeah. And you had a, it was a focus in your study in business, I believe. Yeah, the undergrad sports was sports management, management. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, and business administration, yeah. yeah. So I like double majored in that. Or I yeah. think it was like a major in sports management, minor in business administration. But... You've done a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like a day-to-day. Um, but every time I'm a guest on someone's podcast, I get reminded that I'm not a piece of crap. So that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank and, you. Um, what I love is how raw you are um, in your podcast that you do for 3DMJ. All the uh, pr- the uh, language and the profanities that get thrown around is fantastic. So feel free to uh, let loose, Andrew. Don't hold back just because you're on uh, the JPS podcast today. Okay. Okay, I won't. I won't. It's so easy on ours because it's always yeah. like my home. Yeah, it's always my yeah. friends, so I can bust their balls whenever. Actually, it's more of them doing it to me, but yeah, I'll uh, – I feel I feel welcome, and we'll be meeting each other soon. So I better I feel certainly welcome. will. I'm very excited. So Andrew, my first question was you was sure. to you. How have you found working alongside the 3DMJ boys? Uh, it's good, guy? man. It's like a. I always say like if if I could have told my like 2011, 2012 year old, not year old, but in that year, if I if I someone would have been like, dude, you're gonna be one of them I'd be like no way no way you know um so it's it's good man it's comfy now it was terrifying it was scary it was humbling um but it's good I just got goosebumps thinking about like the process um of you you know joining the team can you tell me about how you went about it and or if they approached you how it all happened tell me how it transpired yeah oh god okay so um, like 20, most of 2013, I kind of blew up as this little YouTuber, uh, <laughs> making videos about my figure prep. Um, and so Berto was my coach. Yeah. And so, um, I remember that. And throughout that, did you watch those videos? I did. You didn't. 
I 100% oh did. I've been watching 3DMJ and Birdo and I remember like, yeah, he used to post about you and how jacked you were and, you know, all your diet and everything. Yeah, I remember back in uh, the day. <laughs> Except I was tiny and starving. No, uh, yeah, it was so I, when I got on with Bert, I wanted to live by my coach and I'm sure he thought I was out of my mind, but I was like, I'm going to be there. And he's like, whatever. Um, so I moved there and it worked out really well in a lot of ways. Um, so I got to know, to start him on a personal level, obviously, cause he's my coach. And then, um, because I was in town there with him, we would train sometimes. And then at that time, um, all the guys lived there. Actually, Eric had just moved to New Zealand two months before I moved to Cali. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't there, but the other four were still, I'm sorry, the other three were still in the area. Uh, like within an hour or two of each other. Yeah, yeah. So every time there was a show in, in Northern California, um, you know, we would kind of all see each other. And so I met the guys over time. And of course, um, they would do local posing clinics and I needed help. So I would go and get critiqued by Jeff and all that, you know. Um, so I just kind of became buddies. And then, yeah. you know, because I had a channel, I luckily used that um, to kind of get a foot in the door as far as, and not even like really intentionally, but just because I wanted good content for my channel. And they were the smartest people I knew. Yeah. So I, you know, they would always be so kind to do interviews or make videos with me or, um, let me film all the events, you know? So, yeah. so, um, I was writing a blog yeah, and they would let me like put them on it and I'd give them a shout out. So it was just like this kind of just helping each other grow kind of thing. And then, um, I guess by 2015, I was doing eBooks on my own and one of them I needed, um, it was for dudes and I needed a part on posing and Jeff was the best male poser bodybuilder that I knew. Um, so I asked him to, yeah. So, and obviously like a bunch of dudes, I'm like, can I put you on the cover of this? Cause no one's going to buy a dude book for me. And it, and it worked out really well. He did an amazing job because Jeff does an amazing job at everything he does. And then, um, so it's kind of like the first thing where it was like, I had this, um, I had to survive. I kind of built this little online business mm -hmm. and the guys were just coaching and I was like, but y'all are so smart. Like let's build these other things together. So that was kind of the first taste of doing something businessy with the guys. Um, and so when that was done, um, it went over really well. And then I was like, well, the next thing I want to do, um, would probably be, you know, the most useful thing I could think of doing is not something within my own brain. It's actually Eric's I just felt so strongly about, the most useful thing on the freaking internet for people like us was the, the nutrition pyramids from 2013 that Eric did. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, I just, if, if, uh, people in the world who were coaches or athletes or whatever had some type of resource that they could refer to instead of mm -hmm. watching all the videos, like I want to read the part on fiber instead yeah. of going through all the videos and trying yeah. to find the timestamp, they could just read it, you know? Um, so when I approached Eric, Luckily, I had, like, the good word, I guess, from, from dealing with Jeff. So, um, and then after, because that took a long time, the pyramids. I think it took us, like, eight or nine months with the yeah. three of us. It'd be, like, a month long. Let me just make these into text. But it turned out to be this big thing. Um, by the end of it, uh, I guess I had kind of the trust of at least two of the guys. And then Bert knew me. And so it was just... Um, when it came time to do posing clinics in NorCal around that time, there wasn't, there's not a female coach. And so I would just go help there and just kind of like organically grew yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like when they needed someone, um, to help with some online stuff, I was God more than willing to help because of everything they did for me. Um, and then 
when it came to posing, I was there. And so then, um, when after it was like right before the pyramids were coming, kind of come out, I was gonna, I knew I wanted to move to Texas, my boyfriend and I, because my boyfriend I met in California, he was also um, up there training with us all the time. And I knew I needed a full time job. Mm. And the guys, I was already working with the guys on their stuff, and it was kind of like this. Um, hey, you're doing a lot for us. Why don't we just keep you on? We trust you. You're, you know, you grew up in the family. We know, you know, I have coaching experience, not in bodybuilding, but in other sports and in personal training and stuff yeah. like that. So it just, um, so I just like, kind of proposed to them. I mean, it was kind of, Eric and I lightly mentioned it and I was like, I need a job. He's like, why don't you just stay here? And I was like, really? And he's like, well, propose something and we'll see, you know? So, um, yeah. And I was actually driving here in my car from Cali to Texas to move here. When like yeah. the four called me on a like on my car speakerphone, they're like, "Hey, we have news for you." I was like, "Oh God, great!" So then just kind of that was shit a year and a half ago. That is awesome. That's that's a phenomenal story. What's that? That was long winded. No, that, that was, was good. That was good. That's exactly I what I wanted because I knew <laughs> I knew that you were coached by Birdo, and I knew you were helping with the pyramids, and then it sort of just quickly unfolded that you were one of the coaches. I was like, wow, I've always wanted to know the backstory. And that, that's perfect. That was really cool. And do you think as a female, you've brought along a completely different, you know, uh, approach and way of thinking to, you know, obviously the guys having only, you know, their own experiences as males? You know, I do think that I bring something different, but I don't think it's because I'm a female. Yeah. In some regards, I'm more of a dude than they are. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed on the podcast. Yes, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, they've worked with more females than I have. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I've worked with a lot of little gymnast kids and truly, but as far as the sheer number of athletes, I mean, I have what's on my roster now or in the past year and a half. They have what's been on their roster for, you know, forever. Um, Eric's obviously more well studied and cause he's helping Lyle with that, um, Lyle McDonald with yeah, his female fat loss you know, yep. book. Yeah. So it'll eventually come out in I, like 2060. <laughs> right. I didn't say that Lyle. Don't, don't hate on me. It was, <laughs> oh, I hope he doesn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I do know that what I, I do bring something different in the fact that, um, you know, the, the podcast, and like I said, like my experience doing stuff on my own mm. has kind of carried into benefiting the team. And, and that makes me really happy and proud. And that's something I love doing for us. Um, and we're just, we're all better together and we all bring something different, yeah. but I think mine's just a little bit of, a, you know, maybe just a fresher, it's just a, a different perspective, you know, um, I'm the only outsider. So everything I bring is different, yeah, sure. but I, again, I know if it's more of a female perspective, I cry, they don't cry. I cry sometimes. In meetings, so, so that's fine. <laughs> they make fun of me every time. Uh, Not because I'm sad or upset, but like when I get frustrated and I cry, they're like, yeah. "Damn it, here she goes again." I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, but I don't. I don't think it's because I'm female. Um, maybe, maybe more so to the listeners, but not stuff that the guys don't know. Yeah. You know, I think I've just experienced things a little bit differently. Um. And it might carry a little more weight because I'm a girl saying yeah. it about girls, but they, it's, I think they know, mm. um, they all have, they'll have girls, wives, girlfriends, yeah. whatever. Um, and like I said, they've coached more girls than me, but I don't know, maybe. I, um, the um, reason for that question was because 
obviously as males, we can work with as many women as we like and we can, you know, read and learn as much about them as possible, but we can never truly experience what they're going through. So that's why that's I true. thought maybe you would just have a better understanding of what's going on inside um, your clients' minds. But one question I wanted to ask you, speaking of what's happening in our minds is I loved yeah. your blog posts three days ago on finding self-awareness is bullshit. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so happy that you read that. I did. I did. Andrew Valdez. Sorry, you guys, make sure, I was excited. Make sure you go and check it out. Um, because I originally yeah. went, because this only um, happens, the other, this blog post only came out the other day and I actually prepared uh, for our interview when I first emailed you a while back. So it completely yeah. changed the way I wanted to go with the uh, questions that I was asking. Because one of the first questions I was going to ask you was, um, why do you love bodybuilding? But seeing as though you said that self-awareness is bullshit and internal questioning and tinkering is something that needs to be practiced and we need to always be like looking inside as opposed to outside, um, what sparked that blog post? And do you think that bodybuilding you know, caused you to look externally for happiness um, as a means to an end, so to speak? Dude, this is all all good questions. I, I'm so happy you read that. Uh, for the listeners, I like just started like this little secret. I have to get shit off my mind website. <laughs> and it's... Um, I've got some more questions I'm, about your other ones too, your other blogs. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I do think there's... Man, there's a lot. I don't know. I actually wrote that shit a month or two ago um so I don't know what spurred it I'm one of those people that if it if it comes into my brain I'll make a note about it and like maybe I'm laying in bed and it just like all comes out and like I'm yeah. like I said I'm like I need to write an article but I'm just a journaler in general so I have probably like 10 or 20 of those somewhere in my computer and that one um I know I just posted it Friday so like, yeah, like you said shit three days ago um I think it I, exactly what it said. I just see like motivational things everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I follow, um, I follow, I, I read a lot. I follow a lot of authors and I, um, I feel like every field that I like, there's fitness and there's business and they're like every field eventually when someone gets good enough, I feel ends up in like this personal development space where they want to, <laughs> all the quotes, like change everybody's life. And like I said, make them more self-aware and da da da. And like, um, Everyone that used to give really actionable advice now is saying like trying to kick people in the ass to make them like happier, and it's mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't think that happy is necessarily um, not a bad target, but it's just all so cliche and it's lost its meaning. I feel like mm -hmm. so um, no, I don't know. I just I feel like it's really hard for me to find things that interest me. Like I, I every ten books I read, like one or two like hit me, and the other ones I'm like, fuck, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. You're just saying a little different. You're saying a little different. Um, and so I think that particular post is just like because I love reading and I consume so much content that I that I want to speak to me, and so little of it actually does that it's just kind yeah. of like a frustrated like, damn it. <laughs> Um, y'all are all regurgitating, but just so you know, uh, I did find a good one like two weeks ago. Um, it's called the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. It's yeah. a really good, the title sounds good. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And so I think maybe that might've been about the time when I was like, yeah, this guy, because it was a really good book. Um, 
And one of the things that he said that really spoke to me too was like, it's not, um, you don't necessarily need to look for happiness. Like you're always going to have problems. It's just, um, can you continue to upgrade your problems? Like make them good problems to have, like, not like, Oh, I can't eat food, but like, how am I going to get this product launched to continue to build my passive income? Mm. Like that's still a problem, but it's a, it's a better problem comparatively, you know? And so just, yeah, being, being happy with having problems forever. And like I said in the blog post, just like find something to work on and upgrade the problems mm. over time. You know, before it was like, how do I build a website? Now I can pump out websites, but it's like, well, how do I do this in a way that supports 3DMJ? Because that's a new thing. Like me being on a team, like this is a new thing. So yeah. continuing to upgrade, upgrade problems and learn more about myself and mess with things or whatever versus like people who just sit on their ass and read their posts and like yeah. get jazzed for 10 minutes and then they go to a job they hate, mm. you know? I, I love. I really enjoyed reading that um, that blog, and while I was reading it, I couldn't help but draw parallels between, you know, the fitness industry and bodybuilding. You know, being something, somewhat of a, I guess, cause for a lot of people trying to find happiness. You know, in changing how they look and in yeah. reading a motivational quote or look comparing themselves to other people's lives and so forth. Um, so can you just give me an outline as to what you think, you know, the problem with bodybuilding and the fitness and the whole, you know, Fitzbo movement is? You can rant now, you can swear. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's hard because your body is something everyone sees, right? And so it's one thing when if you take a, a basketball, like a high school basketball team or like even a college one, unless, you know, I realize some people are freakishly tall. I get that. But, um, so maybe like a football team would be more representative. There's big giant dudes. There's little fast dudes There's whatever, but like you see, they might look like athletes. You might have a team of a hundred dudes, but you, you can't necessarily a hundred percent pick apart their athletic skill and all that stuff. Whereas like with bodybuilding, when you get yourself into show shape or when you care about your fitness and when you see good things happening, all you get is external. Everyone sees it. You can't, it's not like I'm becoming a better writer and my friends still don't, don't know I'm working on this thing on the side. It's like when you become, when you contest prep, everybody sees it and everyone reacts around you. And it's really hard to, to shut that off, you know, and, and vice versa when you finish prep. And you're turning back into normal human. Yeah. Everybody around you sees it, and everyone yeah. thinks you're a fat piece of shit. When <laughs> like that's not really the case, you know. And it's, I think that's what's so hard is there's a lot of, there are many many skills in life that you can work on and get better and, and have waves of improvement and and rest and all that stuff. And and not everybody needs to know what it. it's not this big billboard. But when you do that in this sport, everybody outside of you sees it. Mm. Not just people deciding in your daily life, but because we are the people we are. We show all the Instagrams. So, you know, it, everyone has their own platform. And when you tell everyone and show everyone how good you're doing, and then you, you have to purposefully, um, while it might be career-wise good to gain some weight, um, it is not necessarily good for its followers. And so then you have, like, this weird dicking place, and it's yeah. – um. Yeah, it, it's fucking hard because everything you everything that you do, everybody sees. And right now, more than ever, it's not just like your homies; it's like everybody. And you know, mm. you, it's hard to not think that their opinions matter. You know, you have no freaking idea who all these people are. But um, it's hard to get nothing but praise, and then the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, you do definitely get ridiculed, you know, and you know, people look 
at you very differently when you start gaining a heap of weight, you know, after a contest. They're like, oh, you know, I thought you were lean, you know. Why aren't you lean anymore? Yeah, yeah and it's real hard when it's your business too. Like, I got mm. real depressed. Um, and no, it wasn't even that many shitty people. Like, you'll get shitty people here and there, but I think it was more expectation internal. It's like, I, I, yeah, I built this business, and I was having all these photo shoots, and I was looking so great, and everyone saw it over time, and it, like, grew real, real fast, and then... I didn't feel like I was representing my brand well anymore, which is totally made up in my head. But I was mm. like, I'm this fitness girl and I don't look fit. Like, yeah, which yeah. mind you, I look probably more fit than 90% of the population, but I wasn't mm. my contest like, anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I knew it had to happen and I was educated in it. And we talked about it at length, me and Bert, but it's just, it's hard. Um, yeah, it's just real hard. It's hard to, to completely detach Male or female, but I mean, especially female. Because dudes, when you gain, when you feel out your shirts better. It's like, oh dang, he's getting yeah, too big. It, when a girl feels better, it's like, yeah. it's not the same. Yeah. When like your sleeves getting tight, you're like, oh my god, what is this? You know. Mm. Um. So I guess that is, you know, a female problem. It, it's not any particular female's problem. It's just um, we'd be crazy and and ignorant to not recognize that girls have just different standards for a beauty than yeah than men it's just what it is mm. it's something that i've definitely noticed in working with a lot of girls who compete in you know natural bodybuilding figure physique and fitness is that they use these competitions you know back to your blog post like they try to find happiness in changing the way they look, like I said, but they use it as a means to an end and they don't enjoy the process or appreciate yeah. their body or love, you know, the sport. They just do it because they think that'll find them happiness. How can you, what advice would you give to girls who are, you know, in this, you know, rut trying to, you know, find happiness? What, what would you say to them or what can you draw on from your experiences to help them? Um, you're right. It does happen a lot. And it's as like woo woo and cliche as it sounds. I, I, I would argue that 90% of my work with my female athletes is helping them gain perspective because I think even there's some people that I know enter it for that reason, right? To fix my body. I can't deal with the way I look, so I'm going to become a competitor. Yeah. And I think that's a terrible reason to get in it personally I think that's a terrible reason but um I can honestly say which makes me really happy that there are girls that have started that way and by after they've been with me for about a year we make tremendous progress in that because I think um if you it is our job to kind of help them see the benefits and the things that they're doing right um help them understand that they're getting stronger, help them understand a big one is that if we don't fix this now, you're never going to be happy. Yeah. Like ever. Like yeah. I, um, like I can get you there faster. You're going to fall out quicker and you're going to hate yourself. Quicker, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I don't, the good thing, fortunately, which doesn't seem good is that usually by the time they're coming to us, they've been unhappy for a while. Mm. And if I can hopefully help them understand that, like, look, this is an investment, this is an investment. Once you come out of this the first time, it's so much easier. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people don't ever get out of it. They get lean and then they just 
they either can't make the cut for prep or once they're lean, they don't know how to come out of it. No one forces them to gain weight, Mm. you know? Um, So I think it's our job just to educate them, right? Like the first step is we have a 30 minute recovery diet video where all five of those three gym coaches are like, this is why you have to gain fat. This is why you have to gain fat. And Eric, of course, starts with the science. This is why. And then we all say like, (laughs) these are some methods and this is all. So it's just, again, managing expectations and helping them understand the purpose of it so that every week and I think the, the weekly coaching is is one of the best things is because you'll have girls that are like oh my god I hate my life I'm so fat blah, blah. we have the talk they'll type me back oh thanks really needed that next week I hate my life blah, blah. Mm. we'll have the talk and I'll, I'll freaking have that talk 15 out of 16 weeks I don't care but by the 20th 25th week we're feeling better you know and that's that's all you can do is repetition mm. and education and um Thank God they find us. Like I get really happy yes. when when they do find us because I know that there's so 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 many other girls that they're in good. They hands. find the twelve week coach and they're in it for years. You know they're unhappy for years. And I and I think just you know reassurance. And I think maybe that is one thing that I can say that maybe the guys can't. Which again, I try not to look yeah. for like the female advantage, but it is one is that I I have been there as a girl and I can honestly say it took me damn three years after my last mm-hmm. season, but I'm actually like. I actually did it, you know, Um, and I was not a quick, I did it. Like it it took me a long time and it's public and it's on YouTube. And it's, so I guess that is an advantage that I do have is that when I'm talking to these girls, you know, I've been there um, and I've written about it at length, talked about it at length. So I don't know. The advice as a coach would be education, repetition and and be patient. They're not going to hear it once and get it. Mm. I, I had a master's in the next phase. I hear it from Bert all the time and I, I couldn't get it for a long time. Um, I was okay, but I wasn't happy. Um, it took a long time. And, and, and the thing is now looking back, maybe that was a three year process, but if I'm going to live for another like 50 years, that's a drop in the bucket. Cause yeah. every time I prep now, I'm like, okay, it's going to be easier and easier and easier. And it does every year is easier to be an athlete. And when you first started, you spoke about that you were you know, a little skinny girl and you dieted really hard. And that obviously has not only the, you know, the physiological, uh, you know, hardships, but it has a lot of psychological hardships as well because, you know, the body fight backs a little, fights back a little bit harder. But even when you found 3DMJ, you know, I read that mm-hmm. you, even though you had a flexible and evidence-based approach, you still weren't cured. Do you think that bodybuilding for, I won't say females, I'm going to say everybody in general, do you think that it causes more problems than it solves sometimes? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I do. And it's, again, I I strongly feel, and this is just like my hunch from the last, I don't know, seven, eight years of my life, I honestly feel like there's this beginner phase of like a two to five year span that if you can come out of it, I think you could be a career athlete. Mm. But if you get lost somewhere in that first three to five years, I feel like that's where, like it's like a 50, 50, I would say less than that. I'd say like mm. 25% of us kind of make it out and like, oh, okay, I can do this for a long time. Yeah. But I think for most people, it does more harm than good. Yeah. Mm. Um, for, from what I can see, you know, and not what I can see on the Instagram because We've all seen the studies where most of the girls preaching over there are actually like closet eating disorders and yeah. all that stuff. You know, they, again, they don't even know. 
They mm. they think they have it figured out. I thought I had it figured out. Um, but you know, for every I'd say hundred athletes I know that have competed before, I would say most of them are more jacked up from it than than have a healthy relationship from mm. it. And it's not impossible. It just takes a long freaking time. Um, Definitely. So yeah, I, I would agree with. And I've I've been watching you from afar, as weird and creepy as that sounds. And I have seen your. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your development as an athlete and as a person and, you know, even just reading what you post about and you have become a lot more, you know, self-aware and, you know, I'll say mentally tough in terms of your relationship with your body, food and all the rest of it. What was the, if you could attribute something to helping you push past that, I guess it's like the insecurity of, you know, food, weight gain having to change how I look, what attributed to the change and the shift in your mentality? Um, I'd say the first thing was, I mean, there's, I could say probably like five to 10 markers that if I thought real hard, I can yep. think of, and I can, I can think of one to, to first, uh, the first, first one that I remember was like a, Oh shit <laughs> moment was when I, um, the end of 2012, the first time I spoke to Alberto on the phone, um, when I knew, okay, we're going to start prep in a couple months and it's just kind of like, cause they used to phone call back then 3D did. <laughs> and, um, no, not anymore, but they used to actually call for like a pre prep thing. And we were talking about, um, he was like, okay, I see what you're eating now. Cause I gave him all my information. He goes, I want you to, um, starting tomorrow, I want you to eat 30 grams of carbs more per day. And then I want you to increase that by 10 every week till we start prep in January. And I was terrified not terrified in that like I would have never done that to myself yeah ever uh, but I think what I what I did know right being an athlete my whole life is like you find a great coach and you trust them right mm. and so I'm always amazed by people who like are like skeptical of us I'm like well then don't hire us crazy mm. um, but he said it so so I did it right he was like I want you to eat this much food keep going up and then I want you and I was taking like 10 different capsules of supplements a day of like crazy fat free whatever <laughs> he was like you can take fish oil vitamin d and a multi and stop taking it and it was like cla and like all this other crazy shit you know yep 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 and all it was right. like we've all, all done these that, variables we? changing at one time huh we've all done that the whole the whole cla uh carnitine we've all done that haven't we <laughs> our team uh yeah, yeah yeah all the things um and i remember um, a feeling of like, well, shit, all right, well, he said to do it. And I just had so much faith in him that I was like, if it messes up, he'll fix it. It's okay. You know, it's whatever. Um, so I did it and literally nothing happened. Like nothing. I, I just ate more. And I guess cause I've been so underfed for so long, didn't gain a pound until we started, yeah. not even to, and then when prep started, I just started losing. And when how long was that time? Like, I was just like, November, December, January, I don't know, okay. like 10, 12 weeks, yep. something like yep. that. And it was just like the first of many like weird things like that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but I remember that was the first one. Um, I can try to think of like one more. Um, it, it's always been like weird situations like that. Like um, in 2014, fuck, like uh, I was actually about to start. No, it's 2015. Okay. So a couple years, I have prep, I do powerlifting 
And because I need to compete in something, because I just always have to, um, I was like, I'm going to prep again in 2015. And it was, um, I thought I was going to prep. I actually did in that year. It's another story. But I thought I was going to, um, my macros were eh, moderate. Just Berto told me to, like, track them a little harder. But I was going on this big, like, Christmas vacation. Brandon and I were driving across the country for, like, yeah. two weeks. And Berto was like, okay, come down. Do whatever you need to do. Try to stay within ranges. No big deal. And I remember because it was so much traveling and because it was like the first time I um I think I had traveled that long and like winged it on the macros mm. little and like yeah, estimated right. that much because I'd estimate like maybe a meal a week and it yeah. was like mind you this is two years after I was done prepping yeah I always counted everything um and I think because I thought I was gonna prep I was like mentally able to like go a little bit because I'm about to start losing weight and again like I estimated shit at least once a day for two weeks and nothing happened again. And I was like, Oh my God. So it's just like little things yeah, like that yeah. over time. Um, yeah. none of it was fast. There's probably two or three in between there and there's been a whole bunch since. Um, but, and I think coming on with great, which I haven't talked about, but my current training regimen is pretty uh, intense. You've, you've just been into my next question. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the, the most recent aha, which was only like, within the last year is um i know how to be hungry again so that's pretty yeah. cool because even when i was estimating i would still like uh, you can't unlearn that you know whatever what's in every freaking yeah. food you eat yeah. um but now actually um when i'm hungrier eating on purpose mm. that's been a big deal yeah so it's just over time you know and that's the thing right it's like three to five years i think my first the first time I was like, I want to get kind of jacked. It was probably like 2010 mm. or something. And here it is 2017. And I just had one of those lessons like in the last few months. So I don't think it'll ever stop or go away or something. It's just like, like you said, you have the, the kind of tenacity and grit to just know, trust that it's always going to get better over time. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. like the analogy you used earlier. The problems change. Yeah. Upgrading problems. Wow. Look at changing. Yeah. Um, so grit. This is what I was going to ask you about. I had actually never heard about it until I read your blog and started watching your videos on Instagram because in Australia, it's not very big here. We have CrossFit. Um, we have F45. I don't know if you've heard about that. I don't uh, know have, what that is. Yeah, we, yeah, we have. You don't want to know what it is. We have bodybuilding <laughs> and we have powerlifting and weightlifting. They're the, you know, they're the big, big ones in Australia at the moment. Um, but I never heard of grid. Um, and it's barbell cycling, two teams, head to head, lots of strength, a bit of endurance, Olympic lifts. Talk to me about it. How the hell did you fall into that? Yeah. It, oh, dude. Um, okay. So grid, like you said, it's I, the only way I can put it is like it's PE races, right? When you're in physical education class, so cool. like and you were racing as, but with like, oh, like an Olympic lifting, gymnastics movements, big jack people or whatever. Um, it's actually not that popular in the U.S. It just started three years ago. In this 2017, will be the fourth season that it's ever been around. Um, and it started with just a bunch of CrossFitters was really the first one. And now it's kind of branching into their specializations. Like you have weight movers and you have gymnasts now. But at first it was literally like get all the best CrossFitters, put them in uniforms and have them race against each other was really kind of what it was. Uh, but it's evolving on its own too. But I guess that is the best way I could put it. Um, and I heard about it uh, kind of in a roundabout way. Like I was telling you in 2015, I just, I have to compete in shit. I feel like I have to be moving forward in some way, right? 
And I knew I couldn't continue to lose weight. I couldn't just diet again and fix it because I wouldn't look any different on stage. And I powerlifting for whatever reason just wasn't fulfilling to me. It was kind of meh. Um, I actually did a few CrossFit classes and I was like, no, this is, this is crazy. Cause classes are very different than individual programming. I'm learning a lot more about CrossFit, but at the time I took some classes and I was like, this is outrageous. And I was like, couldn't move. And I was trying to, cause I, I can't go into a CrossFit class and not try to beat everyone in there, which was <laughs> yeah. stupid, but I did it every time. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, it was crazy. So, uh, we went, so my, my boyfriend, Brandon is a professional photographer and we had, he had a photo shoot at San Francisco CrossFit. Yeah. which is um, Kelly Sturette's gym. Yeah, and yeah. one of the athletes that he was shooting there, um, her name was Courtney Walker, right? And I saw her doing her stuff on the rings when he was shooting her. I was like, that was a gymnast, just because I could tell, you know. So we talked about gymnastics. Sure enough, she was a, uh, like a UCLA gymnast, this big college here in the United States. I know UCLA. Reggie and, Miller used to play basketball for them. I'm a big Reggie fan. Uh, are you? Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Um yeah, so she went there. She's a gymnast, and I, you know. So we talked a little bit while we were shooting, and then I just followed her on Instagram. And I'm still depressed as an athlete. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I want to compete. Um, and one of her posts, she was wearing what looked like a volleyball uniform. And mind you, she's like a midget, like me. She's like five one, maybe. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way she's playing volleyball. Like, what is this thing that she's in? Jersey <laughs> on, you know. So and then she's like, yeah, San Francisco Fire. Da da da. We have a match, and I'm like, what? And so I go um, look it up on youtube and i see a match i um and i was like that's what i want to do i'm not just fucking it <laughs> that was it so yeah um so i just watched all the matches on youtube now they're like you have to pay to watch them also but all like the early seat the first season all the matches are on youtube and i noticed like one that looks like fun two little gymnastics i miss flipping i love flipping yeah and then three all the girls are jacked everybody's jacked and i was like i could do this and still build my physique for because I know I love bodybuilding, you know, yeah. I could still, so it was like all these things, like it looked like fun, it looked really freaking hard, and they were also jacked, yeah. so I was like, okay, um, so then within a couple months, I did whatever I could to find a coach, mm-hmm. um, I do whatever he says, and that's it, that's the story. I, um, because I read your blog on how grid is going to make you a better bodybuilder, mm-hmm. and my questions were related to obviously the training for grid, but more importantly, does the fact that you are now focusing on a performance related goal as opposed to changing how you look and constantly going to the gym with, you know, I've got to increase my volume and how am I looking today? As a female athlete, is that making a world of difference to your, you know, mental well being? A hundred percent. And I don't know if it's just that or if that was a side effect of the fact that I care so much about getting better at this thing um, that I, I don't know if it's just a shift in caring. I I don't know which one's like, you know, chicken or egg, but it's definitely helped me. It's definitely helped me. Whereas I know, and I said it in that post too, like, I don't think anyone should do what I do. Like this is, it's pretty Mm. fucking outrageous. Not going to lie. Like it's pretty outrageous what I, (laughs) what I try to do anyways. Um, and if I didn't have my gymnastics background and the background of training four hours a day since I was like 10 years old, mm-hmm. this stuff doesn't seem crazy to me. It seemed, it feels very right. Yeah. Um, I would want anyone on my physique athlete roster to even half attempt. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> um, but for me it works. Like it yeah. suits my personality. Um, 
I like a, I like a very intense, very well. Like, I just, I love it all. And unfortunately, that personality trait was actually making it harder for me to off season as a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it, yeah, that's kind of the. It gave me like this thing that fulfills me as an athlete, where I hadn't been fulfilled outside of contest prep in a lot yeah. of years. Yeah, and I've definitely noticed that. Uh, you said that powerlifting wasn't fulfilling for you and it just wasn't something that you really enjoyed. And I've found that with a lot of girls who I coach through physique competitions and you know, through body composition improvements that actually getting them to focus on performance markers and you know, in the off-season competing in powerlifting, it really changes their relationship with exercise. And I've found that to yeah. be like the yeah. cornerstone of improving body image, relationship with food. Do you agree from your experiences? And is it something that you do with your athletes, get them to do powerlifting in the off-seasons? Like how do you approach the female psyche with, um, you know, your figure athletes? Yeah, um, I it is a kind of a, a personality thing though. I think it's – Powerlifting is just a good match, right, for the – because you still squat, bench, and deadlift, most people, when they're training for bodybuilding. So it, it is good to give them this other goal. Um, but speaking for myself, it wasn't – it didn't feel mm. different because yeah. I was already squat, bench, and deadlift. Yeah. Um, and I uh, – it just wasn't enough – I guess it wasn't enough of a distraction for me. For a lot of people – um, if they, um, always mention it, I think we all do, right? Okay. Is, are we going to focus on performance now? Do you want to compete in a powerlifting? I would never force anyone into it, Yeah. but it is something that they almost, because it's like the normal, they mm. almost all have considered it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have one girl that did a, like, she's tiny, but she used to do strong man and cool. she did powerlifting. Like now she's training for figure, but and just, um, but then marathons too, like before that. So yeah. it's, I understand that it, it's a personality thing kind of, but yeah, it's been really healthy for a lot of people. And what's funny, I was on some other podcast, um, a couple weeks ago and the guy was saying that he interviewed all the, the guys from the strength athlete from TSA mm. and that Bryce and Joe and all them, they'd all competed in powerlifting and then never wanted to do bodybuilding again. And that there's quite a few people that were physique athletes that will do powerlifting and never want to do it again. And I'm yeah. one of those. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way. Um, but I, it is because it's so normal. A lot of people do consider it mm. without me even having to say anything. But I think it's about 50-50 on my roster, which granted, again, I have a year and a half. So it's not as big yeah. and vast as the other guys. But it can definitely be useful. Um I know a lot of girls that it has been extremely useful with. So, yeah, I would agree. I'm just not one of them. But Yeah. And you've obviously found a passion for grid. Do you still love bodybuilding the way that you loved it or thought you loved it when you started? I love it differently. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, uh, yeah, I do still love it like crazy. I respect it more mm. now uh because i know what it can do <laughs> yeah. yeah um i i love it more because it's it's been the, a really fun coaching experience because it is so much mental um 
you know, I, again, I've coached a lot of sports before, but I, I really like the challenge that it brings to me to help get someone through these things. Um, I think it's, but as a, as an athlete, I, I think I love it more, but again, I respect it more. And I, I love this other thing with instant grid also. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know bodybuilding won't full-time fulfill me, whereas something like grid would, right? Bodybuilding yes. prep is the best thing ever. Bodybuilding off-season, I'm not a fan of, but I know it's necessary. Yeah. So um, it's like I don't think I could ever – I actually probably know. I can probably now say that I know that unless I'm really old or severely injured, I couldn't imagine focusing on bodybuilding year-round for me. Yeah. But I do love it. Um, I just because I respect prep, know that it I can't do it unless it is that time. Mm. Um, which won't be for a long time, probably. I don't think. Yeah. Well, you. Um, I, but I you, love what it's given me. I love the tools. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. You mentioned that you're going to have uh, three to five years off, and you've got some pretty big goals with grid. Can you elaborate on those? Yeah, I want to be in the grid league, which is really freaking hard. (laughs) So um, there's, yeah, like I said, eight pro teams in the United States. Um, Everyone who's in that league is in crossfitting. Yeah, there's only pro. Well, I think now there's amateur leagues. Like there's one in Florida. There's one in, there's like some, like not close to me at all. Um, Not only that, I could probably barely make it into those right now. and I want to make it on a pro team. I do. And all the people on the teams now, it's such a new sport. Like I said, I've been doing either CrossFit or Olympic lifting mm-hmm. or we're in competitive gymnastics not that long ago. you know, Or they've been doing, like I said, the heavy weight lifting for yeah, yeah, a long yeah, time. Right. Um, so I'm coming from complete scratch. Too many curls. Um, it's actually <laughs> – I know. Too many girls. Now, I, luckily, I have my gymnastics back now. Yeah. That helps, right? I'm mobile enough to get into overhead squat position from day one kind of thing. Yeah. I can walk on my hands from day one, but it's it's intense, dude. They're good. Yeah. Um, and so I told myself that I'd give myself till I'm 35 years old mm-hmm. and then maybe reconsider. So, like, if, if I – so right now I'm 31 as I'm so talking you've got to you. Four, is that 14 um, years you've got to achieve that goal? Four more years? 14. Are you 21? <laughs> 31. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was, it was... I, wish, I wish. No, not that long. <laughs> not that long. Um, but I keep having – I've had a real fucked up year with injuries mm. ever since I started really? Grid. Um, because of grid, actually, but – I uh, just, yeah, like, yeah, Willie, man, you're so good at your research. I have this maybe hernia, but probably not, but maybe a, a clot or maybe a mm. ligament strain in my groin. I don't know. Some weird thing that's happening in my abdomen right now. Yeah. Which, um, just a weird rep on a snatch. It's big bruise, and now there's like yeah, a right. So maybe when this comes out, but we don't know right now. So I'm trying to not be athlete depressed about that. Yeah. I can do all the curls now. <laughs> all the curls. So what I was wanting to know was you're obviously a great athlete and whether it was from bodybuilding or gymnastics, 
you've you've learned a lot of skills and tools and you know um, the mentality and the mindset that you've developed over the years could you elaborate on what you think it takes to be a successful athlete in terms of the mindset and you know self development to achieve you know success and your goals of you know going from gymnastics to bodybuilding to grid like you're going to be successful because you've developed yeah. this unique set of skills what are those skills Dude, that was really nice. Thank you. Telling me I'm a good athlete. That means a lot. Um, I think it's so hard because I started when I was six, right? So it's hard to know like what exactly it was. Um, but I think that foundationally, I think competitive gymnastics set the course of my life like somewhere different than yeah, most yeah. people. I, I attribute, I'm so fucking thankful for it. Um, like I said, I started, started training four hours a day by the time I started competing when I was about seven. Mm. Um, and I think I was an, in the gym about 20 hours a week by the time I was nine or 10 years old. So none of, of the, no, there's literally no sport. Yeah. So there, there's no sport that when I think about the investment that I'm like, Oh shit, that's intense. like, that's a lot. Like it all makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, um, growing up in that environment was was really useful in that my normal was not the normal from all the other kids playing t-ball. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. It was it was just um, on a whole different level that way. Um, also, I think spending that many hours um, being coached one on one, I think makes a big difference in, in an individual. But I think that the traits that I that I did develop, thankfully, was. Um, having multi-year goals, I think when you're younger, not even just younger, but like when pe people are developing as athletes, I guess in their adolescence, most of their sports have seasons. Mm. Um, most of them, you move up just because you got older. Whereas yeah, in gymnastics, right. I went year round. Um, you had to have certain skills to move up. Yeah, I, I think right. it just taught me a lot of um, like how to earn shit, mm. you know? <laughs> not to expect things from other people. If there was one of my teammates that was just shining, she moved up and I didn't, you know, and vice versa. If I busted yeah. my ass, I would leave friends behind. And I think having that very real world um, effort matters and talent matters. Mm. When you put them both together, it really matters. But I, I think that that was, you know, the foundations of, because adults don't understand that. You know, they get a job. They're like, I've been here for five years. Why don't I get a raise? It's like, well, did you do better? Or are you still doing some shit you did five years ago? You know? And so I think that it's a, a fundamental, like, um, try, like forgetting that just to earn, like you're not owed anything. Mm. We have to work for what we get. You know, all the, all the basic things that I think make a good human, make a good athlete. It's just, I was fortunate enough to be thrown into that kind of dog eat dog thing a lot earlier. And my normal again was, um, I'm sure that we could, facilitate that in ourselves but it was like i i just again i just learned it so young mm. and I, anything different anything different when people don't have it i'm kind of like what what are you talking yeah. about you yeah. know um nobody owes you anything so mm. that's that's an awesome response do you feel that in this day and age with a lot of the competitors that you deal with and the athletes that you work with in terms of them achieving their own definition of success do you feel like that society has 
made people soft in a sense that, you know, we expect things without, you know, wanting to work. And this has caused like a massive issue amongst athletes, you know, in this day and age that we're not taught to, you know, develop ourselves. We're not taught to deal with failure because, you know, our parents will just call, call up and say, Hey, you little Johnny, you know, why did he fail? Pass him please. You know, do you feel like athletes this day and age have a completely different, um, you know, level of mental grit to, you know, what you would have developed in being in a dog eat dog environment like that? I think so. Um, and that's just my, again, this is my perception. Mm. I would agree. I know I've generalized uh, because... and it's definitely not the case for everyone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have some people on my roster that I'm like, oh shit, you are an athlete. Let's do this. Mm. And I have some people that I'm like, okay, you, you got in this for maybe not the healthiest reasons, mm. but I'm going to help you, you know? Yeah, there's definitely people on both sides of the spectrum on my roster at any time. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like society or maybe the way I view society, but even within gymnastics, right? So I'm going to take it back to when I, you yeah. know, so many years ago when I was a kid competing, um, there was, there was levels you had to move through, right? And yeah. now even with USA Gymnastics, there's this alternate route of like recreational competitions where you, you get ribbons instead of scores and colors and so, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I used to, you know, when I was in gymnastics, if I didn't win I, I didn't win and now yeah. it's like everyone gets the participation awards yeah. in every sport yeah. now um and that's even the case in bodybuilding now yeah yeah I'm sure you've heard our podcast where yeah. I'm the asshole getting mad at everybody but <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I really do and I think I get so upset because I know how foundational sports were in me being a human. I know how much they can mimic real life and help you through real life problems and when you like make sports soft I'm just like damn you're ruining all the lessons that came yeah. out of it you know yeah. um so I think so I think it's I think we're all getting softer I think um and not, not all but like I said society kind of thing mm. it's just um I think people need to learn how to not feel good mm. like if you suck it's something like that's good feedback okay it's I need that to be whole better, self-awareness you know? bullshit it's um, taking that away I think yeah yeah I think so I I think that we need to know when we're not good at things. Mm. Um, another good area is business too, right? Like if we don't do well, we don't make enough money. Like that's the hard reality. Um, and you would know cause you've built your little empire over there too, but it's trying. I, I think I like that actually now that cause talking helps me. I think you're helping me realize like I like black and white. I do. Mm. I like honest, um, Feedback. If I suck, I want to know mm. it. I don't want people telling me I'm great if I'm not. Like, shit like that. Like, if I didn't earn it, I don't want it. Mm. Yeah. Honest feedback, not sugar feedback. Yeah. It's, um, you, you're a phenomenal individual to talk to. The way your mind ticks is so intriguing. I love it. Thank you. And one of the last questions I had for you, I know I'm banging on about the whole female thing, but I'm going to title this one The Female okay. Athlete because I feel like you oh, are okay. one person who can uh, give us a really good insight as to you know, the ins and outs of things. The last question yeah. I want to know about is health complications for females during chronic periods of energy restriction. Okay. Um, um. We obviously know that... Um, you know, loss of menstrual cycle and, you know, all the rest of it 
But can you elaborate on, you know, some of your experiences, if you're happy to do that, or as well as, you know, in the coaching uh, environment as well, how, how detrimental is it and is it reversible? And yeah, give me your insight on that. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about my experience because if you want to, if you want like the science or whatever, you know, it's Eric's field. Um, I know personally, um, I lose my period very easily. I guess we're going there. Like my, my history with, with dieting and menstrual, everything, um, and my, I guess, reproductive health, if you put it that way. Um, I, I know it is reversible, in a lot of people in a lot of situations I know that mine was a, like a five-year disaster <laughs> but I don't know if that's because of the way that I dieted or if everyone dieting like that happens um I would say of the girls I've had on my roster about half nothing happens and half of them lose their period pretty quickly but they get it back pretty quickly yeah um I my experience was not normal um I did not have one from 2013 for almost a year and a half after I competed right. last. Yeah. Um, I had to do hormone therapy to get it back, um, which was some progesterone. Um, and it was like my third dose over like a three month thing that actually started my period again. So I, I don't know how detrimental it is to lose your period in the short term. I know what mm. I was told was that because it had been so long since I had a period, we needed to force it because you have to shed your uterine lining every once in a while, otherwise it might scar up, and then you can't have children. Yeah, I don't know if I want to have children, but I know that that's probably not some option yeah. I'd like to cut off soon. <laughs> so, um, as far as like all the health ramifications, I couldn't speak well about that. Okay, uh, but I also know that it made prep almost easier. Mm. Uh, personally, I found that the the body weight for me. Because all I cared about was the data and competing. My yeah. data would settle out when I lose yeah. the period. I wouldn't have those like water weight shifts. Yeah. So again, is that the right way to think about it? Probably yeah. not, especially if you're off the doctor, you know. Um, but mentally, it never messed with me, mm. ever. Um, none of my athletes have ever been concerned about it because we do know about the female athlete triad, and we know that that is a side effect of caloric restriction, right, over time. Once it's, we know it's going to happen – and we expect it and we say this is normal during this period, it's not a big deal. But other than me personally, I've never worked as an athlete to where it became a really big problem. And with me, the problem was just that I never really got it back, but I don't know if that's because I chronically dieted for like two or three years, even in between seasons before that. Um, and I don't know how dangerous that can get, other than, I, again, personally, I know that it could affect my ability to have children, yeah. which is not good. Mm. But during prep, I was like, sweet. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I wish I could tell you more about it, but that's, yeah. it's, it, I think it's something that's, um, yeah, it'll be very handy to have Lyle and Eric's book, uh, on female fat loss come out, uh, in the coming decade, hopefully, um, that will give us a lot more <laughs> insight into, you know, these type of things, because I think it's one area that a lot of women go in blind, uh, so to speak when they're in a contest prep. Um, and I think always being armed with information can be a great idea. So thank you for that. Andrea? Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you want to ask, I swear Eric would be a way better person to have a podcast about because he studies it. Yeah. Um, a thing of mine that I guess like, you know, I have my degrees or whatever that I'm not, I don't know if I'm like 
proud of it or not, but I'm really like, when I need to know it, I like to go look it up. But if I haven't yeah. experienced it, I'm, I'm not one to like just tinker and stuff because I just want to know. Yeah. Like my athlete, I'm like, are we okay? We're going to lose it. And that's normal when it comes back. Okay. But if one of them was like, is this a problem? I'd be like, oh shoot. Hey Eric or Hey Lyle, like let's talk yeah. about this. What do you think I should read? Yeah. You know? And that's the same. Um, but again, I'm like that with everything. So I apologize. I didn't know all the, the female research, but my no, athletes have been pretty smooth. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. And that's why I think you guys at 3DMJ complement each other so well. You all bring something different to the table. Andrea, thank you so much for being on the JPS podcast. I've appreciated everything you've shared with us today and your experiences and insight into the psyche and the journey as a female athlete. And on behalf of JPS and our listeners, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you.